You're listening to Felony Podcast with your host, Dave Dahl, on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Podcast explores ex-felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind-the-bar stories with these founders. Felony Podcast airs every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. My name is Mark Grimes, co-founder of Startup Radio Network. Also with us in the studio, Dave's partner in crime, Lad Justison. And here's a man with a plan, leader of the band, buff and tanned, Dave, the killer bread man, doll. Wow, I wonder who wrote that. That was really, really good writing. Thanks, Bob. Welcome to the Felony Inc. podcast. Once again, coming to you live from downtown Portland, Oregon at StartupRadioNetwork.com or pre-recorded on your phone's podcast app. I'm your host, Dave Dahl creator and co-founder of Dave's Killer Bread. On Felony Inc., we share inspiring stories that prove that your past doesn't dictate your future. By practicing certain principles and working very hard, you can transform your life. Our guests prove this again and again. To see what I'm currently up to, check out my Facebook pages and visit davedahl360.com. My co-host, unfortunately, as usual, is my old buddy, Lad Jesserson, who I met 20 years ago on the prison yard at Snake River. We started jamming guitars together then, and we are still at it today. We have a gig tonight at Dante's. Our band's name is the Killer Granddaddies. And hey, you know what? Are you ready to rock tonight? You know what, dude? I am I am so ready. That's enough out of you. Okay, thank okay. you. Goodbye. Yeah, so... Uh, then we also have uh, another in, um, guest in the studio today. She has a microphone. Uh, her name is Kate McMahon, and she's a documentarian, um, among other things. But I think that's uh, what you do more, more than anything else, right, is you do documentaries. Yeah, I basically just follow people around with camera and see how their lives look. And uh, yeah. thanks for letting me come in here and hang out with you today. Yeah, and we have we have hopes of doing some great stuff together. I'm, I'm sure we will. It's just everything kind of in its time, right? So uh, so she's going to sit in today, and so that'd be on your best behavior, you know. Well, you know, there might be a little hanky-panky going on behind the mic today, you know what I'm saying? Uh-oh. These yeah. are close quarters. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, don't don't take it personally if Lad, like, accidentally touches you. Because he, oh. to, he does it to me all the time. So. <laughs> he doesn't discriminate with who he touches. Yeah, you know what? There's a level of touchability there, and Dave, you touch yourself more than anybody else does. Well, I think most people do, and so... Um, yeah. That's just how it works. I mean, you got to get up in the morning, you wash your face, you, you take a shower, you wash I'm not yourself. talking about that, sir. Well, okay, that's how it works, though. Okay. Okay, you're learning. So what are you thinking about tonight? You're oh, here. you know what, dude? I'm really excited because um, we had a really cool thing happen. We were kind of looking for some uh, something to dress, something to wear for oh, the, for the event. And I'm telling you, dude, we got some silk, silk uh, jackets. You got kind of an outstanding little jacket with gold fleck and everything on it. And for the first time ever, I think you're actually going to ha- look halfway decent, you know, during the concert. That's half the battle, actually. Until you, until you take your shirt off or your coat off and then bang, you know, you'll be back to good old cut-off T-shirt Dave. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, you obviously don't have anything to say today, so we'll just move on. Our guest today is Gerald Davis with Vizio. Vizio, is that right? Vizio Janitorial Service. Gerald grew Vision. up... Oh, okay. Somebody... I'm going to blame they somebody. They forgot the N on there. A, <laughs> let's do this again. Vision Janitorial Service. That makes a lot more sense. Gerald grew up in Fort Worth, Texas. Just interrupt me if I say anything wrong here, because obviously I've already started off badly. Um, he, he grew up in Fort Worth, Texas, as one of four brothers with a single mom. That's all. That's the. I only had one mom too. So that's weird. Yeah, uh, I only had one too. Yeah. Life was not easy, and they moved constantly from one neighborhood to another. You know what, Dave? Yeah. They often did not have enough food in the house to last one week. And then when it was gone, that was it until his mom got paid again. Through their struggles, he loved spending time with his grandma. Often Gerald wanted to surprise her when he got when she got home from work and would clean the house. His grandma loved his efforts, but quickly taught him the difference between just straightening and really cleaning. She instilled in him a love for cleaning the discipline to succeed, and the importance of putting your all into a task. Welcome to the show, Mr. Gerald Davis. How you doing, dude? I'm doing great, man. Thanks, uh, thank you guys for having me. Well, I think that's a great uh, that's a great sort of discipline to have is to be all about keeping things clean. Yeah. Um, so I bet when you, we're going to get to this, but when you were doing time, I bet your cell was immaculate. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, I hated uh, nasty sellies. Yeah. I got along with them, but you know we had to make sure we kept everything clean. <laughs> Cleanliness yeah. is next to godliness. That's, that's right. right. Well, <laughs> I think that's that's kind of where I started learning how to be cleaners in, in prison. Eventually, over time, uh, yeah. I but now I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, you know it's got to, I'm kind of anal about it. It's got to be fairly clean around me, very straight. I like things straight, you know, yeah. things in their place and so on. This yeah. morning, though, I woke up, right? I went to, went to the refrigerator, got some, you know, I went to grab the milk, and uh, it just exploded everywhere. <laughs> I mean, you know, what a day for that to happen, right? <laughs> I mean, but you I, didn't I, cry over it. I, yeah, I didn't cry. Um, I withheld tears because... Uh, I wanted to keep my face uh, ready for radio today. But that's Dave in a nutshell. I, I swear, every time he buys a pop, a soda, Yeah, but whatever, it's not my fault. Dude. It is. <sighs> we had to put uh, outdoor, indoor, outdoor door carpet in Dave's place because of all the times he drops, spills, knocks over. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, so anyway, when we get to... Let's go back to where your story... You know, where do you start your story at? So, where, where would you like to start your start telling us your story at? What point? Uh, uh, let's see. I mean, let's start with, with, with when probably I guess not having enough food in the house. So that was kind of that was kind of hard. You know, when you got four growing boys and and you know my mom working. You know, doing the best to try to provide, and you know, we pretty much eating up all the food that was the little food we had. We pretty much ate it all. 
So that was kind of hard, you know, like I said, not having enough food all the time. We would get help. So like my uh, grandfather, he would bring some food and my my aunt. So that's one of the reasons why I love going to my grandmother's house a lot because it was always always plenty of food. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's nice to be there. Boy, you you just don't realize how, how... how great food is. I mean, <laughs> until you tell it's gone, you know. <laughs> I mean, it sounds well, crazy now, but I mean, because right. I, I don't have that problem. But at the time, I was just like, you know, growing up, it, it was it was kind of a problem. Gerald, are you and your brothers big guys? Yeah, not real tall. I'm five eleven. But you guys, two forty. You guys ate whatever, you know what I mean? whatever was in front of you. It was gone, huh? The food wise. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I got a brother. He's bigger than me. So yeah, like I say, growing boys, we had we had a pretty big appetite, you know. So it it kind of took a lot to feed us. So you know. Well, so what did the, you you learned some good things along the way? But obviously, I mean, you learned you learned some good values and morals from your mm-hmm. family. I can yeah. tell that. But at the same time. You got tripped up just like I did, just like Lad did. Yeah. Um, how did that happen? Well, uh, I was planning on going to college. You know, I was pretty good at football, but uh, I ended up. My girlfriend ended up getting pregnant. What, what were you? So, what kind of football player were you? Like a, a like a, a receiver type, uh, lineman? I played running back. Yeah, okay. play running back. Cool. All right. I just yeah, like to get, so the, get the picture there. Uh huh. Yeah. So you know that was my passion. Football. When I got my girlfriend pregnant, that kind of got me off track. And, you know, and and at that age, you kind of think you know everything. But I, you know, as I reflect, I, as I look back, uh, I really needed like somebody to really help guide me, like a a mentor. You know, I had uncles. You know that helped me out a lot. You know, but. I just really needed somebody just to guide me in the right direction. So I ended up taking the wrong turn because I had a baby on the way. Then I actually had the baby. Me and my girlfriend moved in together. And, uh, you know, it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. It never so, is, is it? <laughs> yeah, well, you know. How old were baby you? And, uh, I was like 19. Oh, yeah. Boy, at nineteen, you don't you don't have much perspective. Yeah, you got you got to live. Life is backwards like that, man. Mm-hmm. You know, all the stuff happens, and then, and then you learn, and it's like you yeah, know. like on a job training. You know, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you're nineteen, and at this point, you haven't been really in trouble yet. No, no, no. That was the last thing. You know, people ex- kind of expected me to. You know, do pretty well. You know, like I said, I didn't do any drugs or drink. You know, I don't drink. You never did. And it was just a, a little. But you never—that was never a factor in your getting. No, no, that was no, no, that wasn't a factor. It, it was just me needing money. You know, to try to help pay bills and support uh, my little my little family. And then my brothers ended up moving with me. <laughs> you know, so you know they was kind of. A couple of them was kind of getting in trouble, not wanting to listen to my mom. So they ended up eventually moving in with me. So now I got my girlfriend and a daughter and two brothers staying with me, you know, and I'm the oldest. And, uh, you know, so I I was working, but it it didn't seem like it was enough. And, you know, so I would get off 
get off work and I would go buy me a little, uh, buy some crack. Can I say that? Yeah, you can say whatever you want, but hey, anything <laughs> okay. you want. You're 100% welcome okay. to talk here. Okay. So, yeah, so that's what I did. You know, especially when I got paid on Fridays, I would do that. And uh, well, now I'm not getting a, a lot of sleep because I'm, when I get off work, I'm I'm trying to sell crack. And so when I go to work, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm asleep, you know. So anyway... I was making more money selling crack than I was at my job. Yeah, because you're not doing it, right? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I never. Yeah, so, I never did. So you drugs. can say so that that worked out. Yeah, that, you can sell that stuff yeah. when you're not doing it. Yeah. Yeah, for a while. Not going out. Yeah, I didn't go out. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't drinking and nothing like that. On you know, so it it, it it started. You know, I started making a lot of money, and I, I never expected. I was just trying to pay some bills, you know, and just trying to make it, you know, and it just like. And it just escalated, you yeah. know. Did it ever start kind of going to your head a little bit? Like, hey, I'm I'm uh, I'm the man, you know. So, yeah. Like that yeah. does it usually does with people, you know. Yeah. So you just got bigger. Did you get Did you get sloppy, or did you just stuff just somebody get tell on you, or what happened? Yeah, all that. Yeah, people started telling on me. <laughs> all so that. I, yeah. <laughs> I had to. I ended up had to move out those the apartments where I was staying at because, you know, it just like it just escalated. You know, it was other people over there selling drugs. You know, besides me, but they eventually started. You know, buying the stuff from me. I started buying more. I, I eventually had to move out the apartments, but I ended up. But I still was going back over there to sell. You know, to sell my product. Until they got to the point where I was getting pulled over by the police. You know, they knew who I was. Apartment manager. They knew you were selling dope and stuff, but they, right? I mean, they they knew that pretty quickly, right? Or did yeah, yeah. I mean, this because uh, the car I was driving over there, I, I shouldn't. Have, you know, I probably shouldn't have been driving that car. But then they end up, you know, it just it just got pretty bad over there. Some some of the stuff I don't I don't know if it was true, but they were like. They had pictures of me and this and that, and I never seen it, but people used to tell me, you know, but I'm like, I mean, I'm right here. It's not like I'm hiding somewhere. So, you know, eventually I ended up moving to another part of the town while leaving. I, I had already moved, but I had to go somewhere else. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, I'm, you know, I'm going to go to prison if I stay over here setting drugs. So yeah. I knew another, uh, uh, another neighborhood, so I eventually migrated over there and, uh, I started making even more money at the other place. <laughs> yeah, and so, the, so. so it's, you're, you're still in a lot of danger, right? At this point, I couldn't hear you. You're 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 actually living dangerously though at this point, right? Cause, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got so robbed many. and just yeah, everything that comes with selling so, drugs mm-hmm. pretty much happened to me. Yeah. So how long did you live this lifestyle? About ten years. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a long time uh, to, yeah. to not get busted. <laughs> yeah, uh, I caught so, a couple of cases, you know, oh, you did. along the way. Yeah, but they weren't a couple they, of dope cases. They didn't stop you though. No, no, that, that, uh, that no, wasn't time to stop. Then it, it, yeah. it's, it's not time to stop and get a job. Now it's like now you can't get a job because you got <laughs> that's settlements pending. That's so I tried. Thing. They were like, "Well, once you get this resolved, you know, we can't hire you until you get this resolved." Even though it was pending, I couldn't mm. get a job. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's the story of our lives right there. <laughs> yeah. So you, uh, at 10 years, okay, you got busted a couple times, which which makes mm-hmm. sense. You managed to, you yeah. know, keep going for 10 years. But what was, what finally just, what what made you quit that lifestyle? Uh, going to prison. Yeah. I caught, uh, I got robbed. Some guys from Arkansas coming to buy a kilo from me. I don't know if y'all know what that is. Oh, yeah. 2.2 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, So That's a lot. So so I had actually gotten... Yeah, yeah. So I had actually gotten robbed or jacked or whatever for half of that amount uh, a few weeks prior. So that was kind of... That was a bad situation because now it's like, you know, I retaliated. You know, they retaliated, uh, you know, shooting at each other or whatever. So, uh, in the course of all that, I had got a call from a friend of mine from Arkansas that, you know, wanted to score. So, I was like, okay, yeah, come on down, you know. So, with me doing my best thinking at the time, which wasn't too... They call it stinking thinking. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, I'm like... Well, man, somebody robbed me. I'm gonna rob him. You know, yeah. worst worst decision I ever made in my life. Mm. You know, so you I'm got thinking a robbery gonna... charge. Yeah. Well, no, it, it, it turned into a murder. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking he was gonna do like I did when I got robbed. When I got you know, Jack, just give them you know, give them what they want. So. Yeah. So he came to town. We said, you know, I said, well, you know, uh, told him where to meet me and have me, me and my a buddy of mine with me. He had somebody with him. And, and he was a pretty nice dude. You know, I, I never expected, you know, someone's going to get killed, you know. So, uh, yeah, you know, I really hated that. that was tough, say, he was, tough lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, he was a good guy. You know, we had, we had, we did business a few times, you know, and, uh, you know, I just made a bad decision. I made the wrong decision at the time, and uh, I didn't actually shoot him. You know, uh, the guy that was with me did. Mm-hmm. You know, so and like I say, he he kind of like didn't have any choice because Andre, that's the guy that uh, that got killed. He jumped over the seat and was like wrestling with the gun. You know, right? Yeah, it just was an eventuality that the two places. Yeah. Everybody would love to take it back now, but yeah. it is what it is. And uh, you have to live and move on with it. So what kind of time did you get out of that? Obviously, you were like an accessory or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, accessory. So I got I, uh, I got 12 years. And how much time did you do on 12? Was it, was it Texas? Yeah, Texas. Yeah, I did the whole 12. I had like a month from doing my whole sentence. When I got out, I had a month on parole, so wow, that's, pretty much my whole sentence. That's, they, that's truth in sentencing right there. You know, usually people get mm-hmm. like sentenced to something and they get a lot less, mm-hmm. do a lot less than that. But yeah. 12 years, that's But I stayed out on bond for four years, so. Oh, he did, before the 12. Yeah, so I, I had two dope cases, aggravated assault, well, deadly conduct, they dropped to deadly conduct. All that was pending. I had t- the two drug cases, two years, before I caught the murder case. So I was out on bond when I caught the murder case. 
I stayed in the county jail six months once I caught the murder case. Uh, you know, bonded out, so that kind of that kind of helped me. And I stayed out on bond for four years fighting the murder case. Got married, had two kids. Right, well, I already had two kids. Had two more kids with my wife. So, are you still with, her, kinda, with your wife? Yeah, 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 cool. yeah. We still married. She stayed with me the whole time I was yeah, in prison. That was amazing. Well, it sounds like you're a good guy, and um, you know. Yeah, I like to think I am. Yeah, you know, just well, some of these things we do, that we've done, don't define us. Uh, exactly. You yeah. know, we, I got some really ugly stuff in my past, but. I'm, I'm I'm moving on beyond it. You know, it doesn't mean I can't talk about it because yeah, it's yeah. good for for others to hear exactly. and myself. You know, because mm-hmm. um, you know these transformations that we that we make in our lives are so miraculous, and mm-hmm. um, they they really can help others too. Yeah. So, so what you did, now you get out. You want to talk at all about what you did while you were doing time? What what kind of time did you do? Like I said, uh, for like the, the amount of time? Not amount, but um, what you know, what was available oh, to you in there? I got you, I got what you. did you learn? Yeah. You know, what kind well, of I went back are? to I went back to school. They take they they've taken a lot of the programs out of Texas for us, like you know, really trying to rehabilitate you. Does, so, is that due to budget cuts, or is that what? Is yeah, that? yeah, that's yeah. what they were saying. Yeah, budget cuts. Okay. So you know, because I went back to school, uh, I got uh, went to college for a little bit. And, uh, you know, just pretty much stayed out of trouble, you know, uh, was hoping I wasn't going to do as much time as I did. So, you know, we all need hope. So that's a lot of, you know, in, in prison, you just, you know, you're hoping that you come home as soon as possible. And, and uh, like I said, me not knowing exactly how much time I was going to have to do. So you know, I was worried a lot because I had just had, just got married. I, had two small children, you know, so I was kind of worried about them. And but uh, you know, everything kind of worked out fine. So I, once I got settled in, I just started focusing on rehabilitating myself because uh, so that was my to, first time. You had to do that yourself. You weren't getting anybody really helping you rehabilitate. Uh, I mean, there there was no programs really to speak of that you could. You can yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they did. They had uh, Kairos. It was it's a Christian-based program, but I didn't get into that to uh, years after I was incarcerated. Uh, so, like I said, they don't have a re- a lot of programs. School, of course, they got school, but like I said, I had Kairos. But what act- what really helped me was toward the end of my sentence is when I when I went to uh, the prison entrepreneurship program. Oh yeah, yeah. That kind of, yeah, that kind of made everything. That kind of made you know it sound crazy, but that kind of made me going to prison kind of made it worthwhile. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like it was like godsend in a way. Yeah, exactly. Cause I, exactly I totally what get it. Was. I well, for me, you know, I mean, I totally feel that because for me, it took four times in prison, but mm-hmm. it was about the same uh, amount of time when I figured out. I it was like twelve years into it when I figured out that. Uh, Hey man, I can do something with my life, and exactly. I don't know if I would have ever done that if I hadn't gone to prison. Um, yeah, because I was out there doing, but I was doing drugs, and you know mm-hmm. that was the only way I knew to be happy was to get high. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So anyway, um, yeah, that's really cool. So I think we need to take a break here real quick, and then we'll be right back. Okay. Okay. 
CPA dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you, and we'll send you a very special surprise. Seriously, we will. Today's episode of the Felony Inc. podcast is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. Publicize handles all communications with the media and any content required to do this, such as press releases, editorial pitches, etc. And they offer a wide range of PR products and abilities out of which you can construct the PR package right for the future future of your business. <laughs> was that a joke or what? What was that? That that whoever that was was a very sexy voice. Did yeah, you notice that? I did. Uh, yeah. Man, I'm telling you. It just excited yeah, me. I'm sure your dog thinks it's sexy. He does. Yeah. He loves me. You know, yeah. I was talking about that last night. If if all your friends and family and whatever treated you like my dog treats me, mm. he's happy to see me That's every time true. I come in. Uh, you gotta love that, don't you? He loves me. He jumps My cat's around. the same way. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I barks. was to walk into she a room barks. and you was to jump around on my leg, it'd be happy oh, times. See, here we go. I always got to go in the gutter. Always. Every freaking time. Okay. So back to our guests. I was really enjoying this. Um, we were getting to some really important meat of the time you you were doing in there, Gerald. You. You learned, okay, you came to a point where you were able to get into the uh, prison entrepreneurship program, PEP. Yes. And, of course, we've had other folks that have been involved in that, and we've had the guy who runs it uh, on here before. And it's really a cool program. Will you tell us a little more? Oh, yeah, it's an awesome program. Uh, how I got into the prison entrepreneurship program, you know, I was getting close to getting out, and I was like... Okay, you know, I, I'm I'm praying, I'm asking God to uh, help me find a way when I come home to be able to live the type of lifestyle that I want to live and provide for my family without having to sell drugs and, you know, and go back to prison, you know. So yeah. I've seen this, this it was a poster, they posted on the bulletin board, and, I, and as I was reading it, I was like, oh, man, it's right up my alley. You know, they teaching you about how to be an entrepreneur and and everything, you know. And uh, But I was I still had a couple of years left on my on my sentence, so I, I, I wasn't eligible for it. So yeah. after about maybe 18 months, I get a postcard in the mail. And it was from the prison entrepreneurship program. First, I didn't know what it was. You know, it, like, it had my name on it and everything. And, and I was like, oh, that's that program I read about a year and a half. I said, okay. So I had to fill out the form, send it back in the mail. Uh, then they sent me something else, a packet, fill it out. So, and they were supposed to get back with me and let me know if, you know, they was going to choose me or not. And uh, next thing I know, I was on the chain. And I was like, so you had to go to a different, different uh, joint. Yeah, I had to yeah. go to a different. It was like a, it was like a, uh, like a pre-release. Oh, okay. Like a private facility. And, and you were how many years into it at this point? I was right at about ten and a half years. Okay. I had, I, I, I stayed. I, I did like 
15, 16 months at the other unit where PEP's at. So even after I graduated from the program, I still had to stay there a few more months until my my release. And and that that was like the best thing that ever happened to me. I know it was. Yeah, I mean, I know, you know, I I knew I was going to want to come out and start me a business because I had me a plan, you know, and, you know, uh, get my CDL because I used to always see in the newspaper that they hire felons and, you know, I have a friend that's, that owns a trucking company. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get my city. Yeah, I tried once before, and I just wasn't interested because I'm like, I really didn't have no need for it, you know, because I was, I was kind of all right, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, like, yeah, the prison, prison entrepreneurship program, that was just like the best thing that could ever happen to me when I, when I was in prison because it's like, it just like kind of changed my whole, so what did my they, whole world. You know? What kind of things did they teach you? You had uh, how long was the program, and and how, you know what kind of lessons did you learn in there that mattered? Uh, I think I stayed. I think it was like I was in the program for like six months, like actually in class. I had to wait till when I first got to the unit. I had to wait till the class in front of me graduate. Once, and that might have been a couple of months. Once they graduated, then a new class came in that I was in. Uh, and uh, you know, we we just met a lot of different people from uh, free world. Came they in, they came and in and, and testimony their their story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want, and they also want. A lot of people would come, and they wanted to see how the program was ran because they wanted to get in in a state or in a country. Mm-hmm. You know, because because of the success rate. I would love to have and, it uh, in Portland and Oregon. Yeah, yeah. We had. Uh, they taught us about etiquette, and we just had a lot of stuff. We had events. Uh, college students came in and helped us with our business plan. They do a business plan. We had, we learned how to do pitches, you know, elevator speeches and, you know, yeah. and it was about entrepreneurship, but it was also about building character. You know, it was sure. just certain things that we couldn't do in the program, you know, no cursing, mm-hmm. no this, you know. Uh, Lad never has and, learned that one. Never. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I ever will, but so. Gerald, I have a question for you. So you go through the okay. entrepreneurial program. When you uh-huh. got out and you eventually started your own business, was there some connection with that, you know, coming out of there and being able to, to move forward? Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we, uh, I had to go to class every Tuesday, I believe, and uh, it was uh, it's called e-school. E- so once, even though I graduated from PP in, in prison, once I got out, I had to go to e-school in order to become a part of the alumni. And like I said, they got resources to help guys, you know, with, with certain things they need. You know, you get a, you get a packet when you get out, uh, some hygiene, a uh, backpack, you know. They take you, they pick you up from the from the unit where you're getting out to take you to go have your first meal. Uh, they got a place where you can... I mean, it's been a while, so they, I've seen stuff on Facebook. So it's, it's a lot. It's uh, more improved. You know, they get better. <laughs> they got a better selection of clothes. But you know, they just help you to reintegrate back into society. Because you know, when you, especially when you've been gone for quite a, quite a, you did quite a bit of time. You know, it's kind of hard. Yeah, everything changes, you know? man. You know, especially yeah. in today's yeah. world, stuff changes fast. Yeah, because I didn't know it wasn't it wasn't no Facebook and no. all of this other stuff, you know, that they got now. So you know, I had to YouTube, and you know, I didn't know ain't wasn't none of that stuff. So, so when I came home, it was like it was it was a blessing. Like I had, I had support from my wife and 
you know, and, and besides that, I had saved, I was saving money when I was in, in prison. So I didn't, I didn't, you know, spend a lot of my commissary money. I don't know if y'all familiar with what story is. I ran a store and yeah. You, yeah, y'all know. Yeah. I don't know what to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've all been, so, we've all done our share of time. So, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, ran, so I, ran I ran a, a store. store too. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. What, what so that kind of helped me save money. So when I came home, I had some money. I wouldn't be a burden to my family, you know. Right on. Yeah. So you were learning. Uh, you're an entrepreneur to the core, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So you're doing that in there, and then you get out, mm-hmm. and uh, somehow. Now, when did you decide that you wanted to do a, a janitorial business? Oh man, right right away. Well, once I got the PEP, and they was like, okay, come up with a business plan. I'm like, well, because I kind of dabbled in janitorial stuff, you know, before I got locked up, but it wasn't nothing serious. It was just for me to be able to put some money in the bank, you know, under a business name. But uh, once I got the prison entrepreneurship program, I was like, okay, I can do a janitorial service for real, you know, and so I got my business name. Well, I got my business plan, and did my marketing and everything, you know, what I needed to do. And, you know, just reading the book, we we, we, did, we got a class in a PEP, and they teach you about business and some of the resources you can you can check out once you get out and just, you know, about your profit and loss statements and all that stuff, you know. So it was just like a blessing. And then our instructor, he was like, who wants to be a millionaire, you know. So I was like, me, you know. <laughs> You know, it was just—it was just great. It, it, it just—it just kept you focused, man. And, and and it wasn't just all about business. Like I said, it's about building character, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, well, that's what learning makes... about yourself. Exactly. You yeah, know? you're not successful by making money. That's not what makes a person successful, is it? Exactly. Money is important, and it mm-hmm. can be a really great thing to have. But if you don't have mm-hmm. that great foundation and that great grounding uh, yeah. as a human being, you know that's not gonna. It's gonna mess your life up. Is what it's gonna do. Yeah. So, um, so what you did, um, you got out and you started this business. But obviously, nothing is free. So, how did you? Mm-hmm. Did your wife help you, or how did you do this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did we did it together, and it's a low it's a low entry for us, like the janitorial stuff. Doesn't it's, cost it's not, as much, yeah. Yeah, doesn't doesn't cost as much, you know, for us to get the equipment or whatever. But I but I have franchise with uh, a place called Jana King. They're like the number one cleaning company in the United States. So I, I became a franchisee with them, and that was just to help me, you know, get uh, get me more familiar with how to run a janitorial business and also they found me contracts too you know i paid them a, a percentage but my main thing was to you know just do it myself without having to go out and pay somebody to do some stuff that that i could do yeah you know for like work the calls. You had yeah to yeah work and, a lot. And at, yeah and, and and at the same time i was driving i got when got my cdl and i was driving a, a cement mixer you know mm-hmm. and and i got that job from pp so when I was going to class every Tuesday, I had a I had a little small job at a warehouse, but uh, I spoke to a case manager. And he was like, uh, uh, you know, we working with like three trucking companies, and if you get your CDL, which I was planning on getting it, but when I got out, I I I, I couldn't find a, a truck driving school that would accept me because I hadn't been out that long, and because of the type of felony I had. Yeah, that's a tough so, one. Yeah, so I found, come to find out a couple of guys that I had been locked up with that 
kind of like got the same charge and way more time than I had and, and did without a truck driving school. So I'm like, wow. So I got the information and, you know, I ended up going to truck driving school. I quit my job, went to truck driving school for like five weeks in, in, a, in Dallas. And they kind of, they kind of, you got sort of a scholarship to that, so that you yeah, could I got a grant. afford to, uh, yeah, so you could afford yeah. to do it. Um, yeah, I got a grant for forty five hundred dollars at a work workforce connection. Okay, so uh, you know, Lad uh, had very, you know, usually I talk smack about Lad. I'm going to tell some some truth about Lad right here. Lad has a very similar case to yours. Don't you, Lad? Yes, I do. His his case goes back. Uh, he did twenty years, but okay, yeah. twenty years straight. Um, but he got out with the same sort of terrible brand that you're talking mm -hmm. about. Yeah. And uh, Lad's been working with me most of the time since he got out. But anyway, I just thought I'd point that out. And um, so you were. You, you at this point, you're doing the truck driving, but you're really still thinking about being an entrepreneur. So tell us how that yeah. goes. Yeah. Well, my plan was to uh, save up enough money so I could just go full time with the uh, janitorial service. And that was that was the plan. So I worked pretty hard, saved up my money. Everything was clear on my credit. So I was like, you know. Oh that's a plus. Man. You get out. Man, that that's one good thing. That's one good thing about about it. Yeah. You kind of start yeah. with a clean slate, right? Yeah. So I had to build my credit up, but it was clear. I had, you know, when I went, to, like I had, a, I had a little change when I got out of prison. So I had like thirteen thousand dollars. Oh, that's cool. That I had. Yeah. So you know, so I went. And you when built I went that. To those, you saved that up while you're in there. Yeah, I saved it up. Yeah, Sorry. I brought some with me, you know, but I saved most of it. Oh, that's My a lesson. See, see your, yeah. your, your life, your story is full of lessons for people. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that you did, uh, that you, you had the discipline to save that money all yep. that time, that, that's, yep. that shows. I mean, these are the things you have to do. It's, you have to make sacrifices exactly. to, be, to have yes. success in life, to have what, to get yep. what you want in life. Sometimes you have to make a lot of sacrifices and you did. Yep. Yep. Um, so you, you got out there and, Okay, when you finally, I'm curious how the, let's just switch gears to, to the um, entrepreneurial side now. Okay. How did this come about? Just, did you, uh, were you doing both? Yeah, I was doing both. That's crazy. That's a lot of work. That's kind of yeah. the way I was living too. Not, not getting a lot of sleep, <laughs> yeah. especially when you're driving mixer. And, you, you know, I worked a lot of hours doing that. So you would so, take, uh, and uh, you started getting these jobs as a janitor now mm -hmm. are you actually doing the work yourself or are you, are you yeah me and my wife and, uh, and a couple other people even now at this yeah. at, at this time or just back i mean how did that come about? i mean over time well well, well actually now i started a trucking company you know i started that in september oh okay yeah so i i was like i let like my that. wife kind of yeah my wife she she kind of does the janitorial deal because we had like a, a difference in work ethic you know <laughs> mm. you know I know you know you gotta you gotta get out there and grind and mm. but also you gotta really learn the business you know what I'm saying for like if you're the owner you know and, and management you gotta you know learn about your business so That's she right. she yeah you know she she's good at cleaning the buildings and you know but we gotta go out there and get accounts 
Right. You know, so you know, we had a difference in there because you know, I would get out and go make cold calls and call and, you know, and, and did uh, direct mail, you know, the little postcards they send you in the mail. Mm-hmm. direct messaging and did a lot of you know I spent money on marketing cast just, a wide net right you just yeah, you, you know and, throw and, out and, the you know, more is the numbers is the more numbers you get out there the more yeah. hits you get yeah yeah it's you know it's a lot of work you know so but anyway I had already had my CDL and I used to see the people at the, the guy at the uh, cement plant you know bringing the materials to the plant and it didn't seem like it was too hard and I'm like man they just dropping this one-inch rock off on this sand and going back getting another load, you know? So, so this is, you like... So you're talking September, you started your own business, uh, trucking business? Yeah, yes. Uh, Davis Transport, LLC. Yep. Right on. Okay. Yeah, we're going to give you plenty of chances to talk about all your, uh, all your businesses at the end here. Sounds like you got... <laughs> sounds like you got a lot going on, man. I... No, I respect not, that. No, it's not. It's not a whole lot, actually. It sounds like sound, I tell people, I said I, I worked. I said I was. In, I worked for free in prison, you know. So, so. Right. So everything sounds. Everything's cake now, kind of. Yeah. It's. It's. Yeah. It's easy. I, you know, people. Are, you know, just learning new stuff and learning how to operate. You know, I'm getting my Duns and Brad Streets. Uh, ID number for my business and you know because I want to get government contracts it's really not that hard once you just have your mind made up and you know just be focusing what you're trying to do yeah well so, you know honestly uh, to be to be real some people just don't have that sort of uh, yeah. that mentality and yeah. the ability to make the sacrifices that it takes to do that yeah yeah but, I got you uh, we, there are some people who are meant to work for others and you know it's good because we need people like that too. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. So uh, I guess we're going to go to a to a break and then we'll be right back. Okay. Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionists. At Ruby, they've mastered the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all of your calls live as if they're right there in your office. And with Ruby's mobile app, you easily control just how they screen, transfer, and take your messages. Start setting your business apart today. Visit callruby.com slash startup radio to sign up, or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code STARTUPRUBY. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you, and you get a $150 credit. All right. So, Gerald, you were... Okay, tell us what what is your day like now, and what, you know, how do you get your customers? Do you have... Is everybody just the family that works in your business, or do you have employees, and how has that all worked out? Where do you get your employees at? Well, like I said, right now, I'm, I'm really not doing the janitorial stuff anymore. My wife kind of handles that, you know. Mm-hmm. So right. I'm doing I'm doing the trucking like I, like I'll say I started in September, and right now uh, I only have one truck, and I got I drive myself since I already had my CDL and everything, and and uh, and that was a lot because I didn't you know I didn't know it's going to cost as much for us like getting the permits and different types of. Uh, uh, License plate. You got combination plates. You got partial plates. So it was just a lot of stuff that I didn't know about, and and then I my, my truck going down, and you gotta you gotta go to the shop, 
for little minor stuff and just a lot of stuff I didn't know. So, like I say, I, I'm glad it, it was happening so I could learn, you know, how to deal with with all the issues. But like say, pretty much, I lease with a uh, with a company called Aggregate Haulers. You know, I haul material for them, and I'm and and agency sort of an agency for your. I yeah, mean, I'm leased on. I'm leased on with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so, they they deliver materials to the the cement plant that I used to work for. So I'm I was I'm already familiar with where all the plants at in in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So how much work so, do you have been doing this since uh, since September? So what? Um, how busy do you stay? Well, we just started getting busy because it was a lot of rain out here. And the rain, you know, it kind of keeps you from working in, in this uh, in this industry. So, but I, I I'm getting like two to three loads a day, you know. And you make least on you make more money doing this than you did with janitorial, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I make I make more money, more money with with this because mm-hmm. I could, you know, like I said, me and my wife had some issues about management or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just let her deal with that. Like I said, I, you know, I know I can grow grow in this uh in this industry because i'm you know i check out my my city's uh little deal fort worth for like the infrastructure and what they got going on it's a lot of people moving to the dfw area so they doing a lot of highway work and you know and uh you know they need trucks there's a lot of trucks running up and down the highway you love texas you're all about progress i bet man you see progress that's dollar signs so, yeah, uh, I mean, but you know, I just yeah, I just want to, you know, have a some freedom. You know, for when I say freedom, like being able to go to my kids' games and mm-hmm. you know, go on vacations and how you know old what I mean. Are you? Just, how old are you, Joe? I'll be forty-seven uh, on the eleventh of January. All right, eleventh of January. Shoot, that's the day before my birthday. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Capricorns. Got to stick together. Okay, I got something. I got something. You know, Kate has a question. Hey, so um, just to remind the listeners, I'm just in here observing and working on a documentary about Dave and stuff and wanted to come down and see Mm. the podcast. And um, part of my research about Dave's whole story is I was um, looking into secondchancesforfelons.org and they listed a number of different industries that ex-convicts could go to work for and trucking was one of the top I was just wondering as a trucker are you like on your CB you know talking to other ex-cons or do you you know is there kind of some camaraderie out there um, amongst you not not really but it it is I don't don't drive like uh, cross state or nothing like that you know I I, I drive local Hmm. so uh, it's, it's not a I, it may might be, but I, I don't do it. Right. Yeah. Nobody even really knows your 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 story out there, unless. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when I worked for the trucking, I mean, uh, the uh, concrete plant, we had radios in our truck where we talked amongst each other that worked with the company. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to let us know where the jobs, where the locations at, how to get in, and if it was traffic. To all operations you know, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, operations yeah. type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we got to have that. So, okay, so now your wife runs the janitorial. You you have the trucking, and uh-huh. you, you don't cross over anymore. You you just no. you're all about the trucking. She handles the yeah. uh, the janitorial yeah. just fine without you. Yeah. So that keeps that keeps 
arguments. We were having arguments and all that stuff, and I, you know, I didn't want to do all that. So, yeah. <laughs> but that's great. You guys think, each I, got I, think your own I know business. everything, you know. So yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. that's what she, that's what they think about me too. But they're right. That's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that was that just came out, man. I couldn't. Yeah. So, Gerald, you know, um, your wife runs the, uh, the the cleaning company. How many employees do you guys have on, in there? Well, she she has four. And of she, those four, um, is there anybody there uh, that has come from the same lifestyle that you have, and that you've given them an opportunity? I, w- I wish that was that was the plan to have some of the guys that I was locked up with, and from you know prison entrepreneurship program and. But no, like I said, I really don't no handle handle that. I just let her do it. Yeah. You know that was like I said that was that was really a big motivation for me because I want to like be an inspiration and be able to give other guys jobs. So I'm still gonna try to do the same thing with with the, uh, the trucking company. Yeah, it's but funny. Like I say, uh, it's yeah. funny, funny how we how we feel that way when it happens to us and for us. Mm-hmm. We want others to want it to happen to others and for others. We know how yeah. it makes a better world. You, mm-hmm. um, you haven't, you know, reached the point where you can hire these guys yet. Yeah, no, no, I think I never, I didn't get to that point. That was kind of disappointing. I know a lot of guys that 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 I was locked up with that have businesses, uh, and they do that. And they they have actually hired a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. I got a friend of mine in Houston. He he has a moving company, and he he has a lot of guys, a lot of employees that were locked up couple of them came to my house and we went out to eat. They always happened to be in, in the Dallas area. So, yeah, that's kind of something I was kind of disappointed about. But I still plan on, hopefully I can do it with, with the trucking. It'll come. So I got a feeling it'll come. So let me ask yeah. you, uh, what kind of milestones, what kind of things are you expecting from yourself over the next, say, year or so? Do you envision, so like my- do you envision th- uh, like milestones in your in your business? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my goals. I plan on getting. Uh, I want to have a couple of more trucks this year. Give me two more trucks. You know, I I go to real estate seminars and I listen to motivational speakers. Uh, guy named Eric Thomas. There's just a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff I was exposed to in PEP for was like books, Think and Grow Rich that I probably would have never yeah, ever I read. That one. Yeah. You know what I mean? I uh, Positive middle. Exactly. You know, just a lot of books. I'm like, okay. I'm like, then they got YouTube. Like, so they didn't have that. And I'm like, man, it's like anything you can think of, you can just It's almost too much. Google it in. It's mind-boggling. Yeah, just, yeah, so much information. I'm like, how can you not take advantage, you know, mm-hmm. my, my wife on the phone playing games. And I'm like, man, this is like, you know, there's so much information. You know, you don't have to, you have to go to a library and try to look up some stuff. And, and man, you've just... Everything's on your phone, so <laughs> so much easier now. Yeah. I mean, you can be so smart just by look by having a phone. Um, yeah. So yeah, I see why they call a smartphone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, and Lad really needs that because mm-hmm. he he really has nothing <laughs> yeah. going on. on I <laughs> I have a dumb yeah. phone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, y'all pretty funny, man. Oh yeah, y'all make a good team. We're kind of silly. We we play silly a little bit. So let me ask you: um, Are you are you fearful of anything like uh, in your business and or otherwise? No, no, I'm not really. And for like, I'm not. I don't stress because just some of the stuff, like some of the uh, material that I've been reading and stuff I've been listening to, 
you know, it's just it was really no reason, you know. And like I said, I just had to jump out on faith with starting stuff because I see, you know, like say the rat race, I see guys, you know, and there's nothing wrong with the guys that I work with. They, they, you know, they're good guys. But I'm like, I've seen guys at the company for 35 years, and then when they get too old to work and they get an injury, you know, there's there's nothing, you know, there's no, you know, unless you got your 401k or you don't have some money saved up. But, you know, a lot of guys, they have to work because they kind of live in paycheck to paycheck. Right. You know, so I was just like, I, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I don't want to do that. You're hitting that off. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so I just had to take my chances, you know. Right. Yeah. Now that's... uh what kind of resources do you do you have for you know? I mean, you you have to deal with attorneys. I mean, yeah. accountants. Yeah. Uh, how does that all work for you? Do you have? Do, are you well set up there? Well, I got I got an accountant. He's actually helping me with some with some stuff right now because I'm trying to get my uh, DBA. It's a disadvantaged enterprise uh, for minorities. So mm-hmm. that 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 kind of that kind of helped me get contracts. Cool. You know, so I got somebody helping with that, and uh, you know, do my taxes, and just you know, most of me just researching. And like I said, I got my friends. I I get advice from that's you know been doing the stuff. But yeah, I don't I don't actually have a, a lawyer though. So you're so a day a typical day for you. Before we wrap up, I want to ask you one final question about your day. What is a day like for you? Okay, I gotta go to the gym. There you go. So that's 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 my routine right there. Mm-hmm. So I go to bed early. I get up pretty early. Uh, I haven't been reading as much as I should, you know. But most of the time, I, I spend time with my my kids. You know, my daughter. I got a, a daughter. She's a sophomore in high school. My son, he's a senior. You know, making sure they get in, get on track. But my my day starts where I get up, give me a cup of coffee. You know, um, I try to listen to some motivational speaking. Nice. Uh, Earl Nightingale. He's, you know, back in the back in the fifties, I listened to him. Wow. Uh, Eric Thomas. Yeah, the, those pr- those I, principles don't change. This, those yeah. principles are are timeless. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, you know, I give me a cup of coffee, and I drop my daughter off at school. Well, we're here lately because I had I hadn't been at work because my truck my truck is in the shop. So I've been been able to take her to school, but it ha- you know once my truck is up and running, I would give me a cup of coffee, go to the gym, go to the go to the lot, you know pre trip my truck, and head out to the uh, head out to the yard to the uh, to the quarry to get uh, materials. I already know uh, uh, where I'm going from the day before. They'll uh, the dispatcher give me. You know, let me know what I'm loading, where I'm taking it to. After I drop that load off, uh, a couple loads, I'll call again, see if they got anything else. And, you know, and just pretty much move the material from the quarry to the to the plants I'm going to. Right on. So um, I'm going to give you a chance. Uh, I mean, that sounds like a great day. Very honest and very, you know, very. I appreciate the family aspect, the motivational mm-hmm. aspect, taking care of yourself physically, uh, mm-hmm. mentally, spiritually. Um, you're you're all you're a good example uh, and a good role model. Um, I'd like to ask you, Gerald, to quickly uh, give us all 
of your website, Facebook, information, any kind of social media that you want out there and you want people to come see you at? Yeah, I only, I only have a, I only have a Facebook. Okay. I don't, I haven't set up my website for my business yet. That's right. I didn't for see For a trucking one. company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, one, one of these days you'll have one. And yeah, so, yeah. But I, I don't really need one right now for us like, cause you I, don't. I, I, I kind of know enough. where I'll be getting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe someday you'll want to do some motivational speaking or something like that, and you'll need that, and you'll need something there. Um, so, hey, anyway, so you can visit you at Gerald Davis Facebook. Now, obviously, there's more than one Gerald Davis out there. Yeah. So, so gonna- Gerald Davis in, in Fort Worth. You'll see me and my wife on a, a picture of Burt Smith. He's the CEO of uh, PEP. Right, right. Yeah, I know who he is. Oh, you can we, go to PEP, yeah. We yeah. talked to him. All right, mm-hmm. so this is going to be great. We're going to... Um, Brian Kelly. I'm going to come see you after. I'm going to come look at your Facebook page after we're done here. Uh, okay. I, it's been really great having you, man. You, I really like your heart. I really like the way that you're you're doing things. And, yeah, uh, I appreciate you guys for having me. All right. Well, uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us this week on Felony, Inc. I'm Dave Dahl. Join us every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time at StartupRadioNetwork.com and catch previous episodes on any podcast app. If you know what's good for you, you'll shut up and listen. If you don't, I can't promise that we won't show up at your place late at night and make you listen. Breaking and entering, lad's ass. This will be full-on breaking and listening. Thank you to this week's guest, Gerald Davis, with vision, not visio, vision, <laughs> janitorial service. Next week, our guest is Brandon Lowry of Royal Touch Mobile Detailing. Glad. You know what, Dave? I just found out that our special guest today, Kate McMahon, <laughs> knows how to speak English and read it. So I am going to no, let you mean, her... You mean Spanish. Or excuse me, Spanish. We know she knows how to speak English. Okay. Do you know how to speak English? Better no, better not really. <laughs> She's going to read right. it. So here's Kate. I'll give it. A, I'll give it a whirl. Thanks for letting me come on today, guys. Mm. Uh, okay, so Lad was supposed to say, coming up after the break is Latino Founder Hour with your host Edgar Navas and Claudia Cardenas. Mm. Their podcast is usually in Spanish. So, ¿cuánta madera podría tirar una marmota si una mandíbula de madera podría tirar madera? I think in English that translates to. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Does it really? I think so. Hey, motherfuckers, you got that. All right. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.